Those podcasts are also available on Google Podcasts, I believe. So Android users, well done. You're also okay. I know there's some snobs out there. Anyway, good morning. It's so good to... But I also realized that uh, from the beginning of this church, it's some, uh, there must have been three and a half thousand preachers just on Sundays. So a little bit daunting. There's probably nothing that you haven't heard before. But uh, for those of you who haven't heard something, we do trust that God says something to you this morning. And uh, we'll proceed along the way. But in terms of faith, if you're not blinded, that's what we're talking about this morning. And so if you wouldn't mind turning to Hebrews chapter 11 for me, and verse 23, and we're going to read till 29 if you can. So now I'm blinded. So by faith, Moses' parents hid, he was no ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he, thank you, thanks, more, more. when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. And by faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. Now there's certainly a lot of by faith in there. And obviously this has to be read in conjunction with Exodus chapter 2 to, verse, uh, to chapter 12. And in fact, in Acts chapter 7, in verse 20 to 27, has a similar passage than this by faith passage, if you want. So all in the context of, we know that the Israelites had come into Egypt via Joseph, and the Israelites all had come in and they'd become very numerous. The Pharaoh had got nervous of, of their numbers and had made them, turned them into slaves. And so 400 years later, they're in slavery. And we see the story in unfolding Exodus, it's a radical story of God's deliverance by this amazing father from the time of Moses' parents' faith to the time the Israelites leave and go and wander in the desert before they go into the promised land is unbelievable, just faith step after faith step. And so I want to look at a few points through those verses from 23 to 29. And uh, hopefully we'll learn something. But I th if you can get this into our minds to this morning, the burning bush. If we leave with nothing else, it's the burning bush. That's the experience that somehow changes Moses' life and puts him on the right track. But the first point is this. It says in verse 23, By faith Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Faith conquers our fears. Faith conquers our fears. Faith destroys fear. And uh, Helen last week spoke about the, the, the parents of Moses. Moses' parents set him up. Which parent, honestly, sees their child first time and thinks, oh, what an ordinary child. Can you imagine Moses' parents? Oh, give them to Pharaoh. We'll get another one. There's a better one. Every parent thinks their child is amazing. And in fact, in the ESV, it says he was a beautiful child. And if you, you're lying if you said your child wasn't beautiful. Now I'm not saying everybody thinks your child's beautiful, but every parent thinks their child is beautiful. Everyone. And it's an amazing, amazing thing. 
And in the words of Drew, last, Drew was really flowing in a gift of encouragement last week. He really came up to me afterwards. He said, I just want you to know. So Helen had said, no one is ordinary. Everyone's extraordinary. So Drew said, I just want you to know, you are extraordinarily ordinary. <laughs> and of course it's true. I am an ordinary, ordinary person. Completely ordinary. But I know he's joking, don't worry. He still loves me. He did say that too, by the way. I love you, but you're very ordinary. And it is true. I'm ordinary. The Holy Spirit in me that makes me not ordinary, makes me beautiful. It says in Jeremiah, he, he set me apart. He knew, be, knew me before he created me. He knit me together in my mother's womb, it says in Psalm 136. Man, how can you be born ordinary? if he knew that and he knit me together. It's not possible. No one is born ordinary. No one. And Moses' parents had that conviction. That's why they could say, man, I'm not giving this child up. He's not ordinary. God's put him together. I can disobey the king's edict because he's not an ordinary child. See, faith has no fear. And it set Moses up. It sowed a pattern of faith into Moses' life. And parents... Sow a pattern of faith into your children's lives. Set them up for success. Set them up. Let them see that you live a life of faith so that they follow on in a life of faith, a faith-filled lifestyle. And so Moses' parents, Moses gets saved by, by parents that had faith. And they obviously, they put him in a basket as the story goes, floated him down the river. Who does that? Anyway, they did. Floated him down the river with the, with the crocodiles and said, good luck. And, and God just happened to be there. And Pharaoh's daughter saves him, picks him up out the river, sees him crying. And the rest, as they say, he gets brought up in Pharaoh's home. And it's just this beautiful thing. Moses lives in the lap of luxury. Beautiful food, wonderful accommodation. He grows up in this palace, perfect education. But I love Moses. Moses is so flawed and ordinary when you come and look at the latter part of his life. And so let's, let's have a look at his faith. He has this amazing faith that would seem in the beginning. Loses it all and then his faith grows as his confidence in God grows and his obedience grows. And uh, so some of the things that he did. In verse 24... It says, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Faith, friends, is careful who it identifies with. Careful who it identifies with. Moses had everything set up for himself. Jeez, I'm going to step off here. I can see that happening. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> but you'd still love me. But <laughs> Moses had everything, friends. He had education, power, wealth, significance, everything. Grandson to the most powerful man of, on earth at the time. But Moses had obviously been taught the history of the Israelites. He knew who the people of God were, and more importantly, he believed it. He, believed, he knew he was a Hebrew. He knew that God had plans, and it involved the Israelites. And faith made him identify with the people of God rather than the, he, than the Pharaoh and the Egyptians. Faith, friends, is seeing things the way God sees them. Faith is seeing myself as God sees me. That's the difficult thing in the morning. 
When you're about to sin, you just think, man, God sees me better than that. It's, it's a way of standing strong. It's seeing God as a savior, willing to save you and having a conviction or a trust. And I'll talk about that just now, that he will save. It's faith that he'll do it. Of God, rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. And thirdly, faith chooses righteousness no matter what the circumstances. Life confronts everyone with choices, everyone, and alternatives. And the responsible choices can often only be made through faith. We look at the situation, these are my choices, faith is the only thing. Faith helps us to realize a few years of mistreatment or persevering through difficulty leads us to an eternity of godly reward. How much better is godly reward for an eternity than a few years of suffering? Faith helps us realize sin is deceptive and the enemy is a deceiver. It's a fleeting pleasure, friends, sin. It's always pleasurable, sin. Always. That's why we do it. But it's fleeting and it's gone in a flash. And Moses rises above this and he chooses a God alternative. Moses' faith was a conviction that led to a willingness to suffer regardless of the cost because he knew that there was a God who delivered. It's an amazing thing. We see this faith. Don't be conned that there is no suffering on this earth. Once we get saved, there's no more suffering. I promise you, just come stub your toe on the corner here and I'll prove there's suffering. There's suffering in this world. You don't have to look far. There is suffering, but if for just that little bit to persevere, that we have an eternity of reward with the Father. It's a wonderful thing. And so we see Moses growing. Oh, thank you so much. Growing in this. I'm either not speaking clearly or you're just very kind. <laughs> yeah. So in verse 26, he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Faith, friends, looks for the long distance reward. Looks to the, over there. It's better than what's just over here. It took a special person to give up the palace and to associate with slaves. Who does that? Who does that? Unless you have a revelation of the long distance reward. So it's a, it's a, in Revelation chapter 14 verse 7, it says, Fear God and give Him glory. And in 1 Peter 2 it says, Fear God and honor the King. I was thinking about that over Christmas. Fear God, what does that mean? Does it fear Him that He's going to blot us out? I don't think so. Moses feared God because he feared missing the well done. He wanted the well done in God. And that's the fear, the fear of missing the well done. So I want to do everything that God requires of me. Why? So that I can hear that well done. Well done. It's better to, to gain the rewards of God than to gain the whole world, surely. So when Jesus, in, in, uh, in Matthew chapter 4, Satan says, listen, look out over, the, over the, the whole earth. You can have it all. You just have to worship me. And he says, actually, you know what? I'm going to suffer for a little bit rather than worship you because I want to gain it all. Friends, there's so much more to be gained if we just persevere in the Lord. Moses refused something and he chose something. It was tough. It was painful. But the rewards were enormous. That's what faith does for us. Fifthly, God can use an experience of failure and turn it to the good. So Moses, as this amazing stand straight, 
he sees God, he sees the future, he sees what God has for the, for the Israelites. He's great faith. And then this remarkable choice, this faithless, seemingly faith, faithless choices. As a 40-year-old, Moses, it says in Acts chapter uh, 7 that Moses thought that he was going to be the savior, the savior of the Israelites. So he had that belief inside of him. And he sees two, an Israelite being mistreated by, by an Egyptian, and he kills the Egyptian. Man, I'll save him. Don't worry. I'll, I'll kill him for you. Buries him. Hides him. The next day it says he saw two Israelites arguing. And he says, hey, boys, don't do that. We're the chosen race. And they reject him. They say, hey, who, who, you're not my, my leader. Get rid of yourself. And so he gets from this huge faith of being able to see God to the seemingly faithless, flawed thing, he runs. Faithlessly and fearlessly. And that's why I love Moses. Because we're so like that. Well, maybe I'm just like that. From huge faith to no faith overnight. But God uses the situation. He's redemptive. And he changes the situation. Moses, from naught to 40, great faith. For the next 40 years, from no faith, he brings him up. And we'll have a look at that. Discouragement, friends, sucks our faith out. We just have to talk to a discouraging person for one minute. A one-minute conversation with a pessimist and we've got no faith left inside of us. Isn't that true? That's why we need to associate with godly, faithful people full of faith. I went away over this, this break. I didn't want to see anyone. I didn't want to know anyone except my family. I wanted to stay in my house and not move. Friends, very unhelpful thing to do. You need people. We need faithful people. Thank God I met with one man. He spoke to me for about three minutes. He breathed faith back into me and I have faith to carry on this year and build in this year. Just one word. In fact, he said one word. One word. It changed me. Man, we've got to surround ourselves with people that are faith-filled, that we don't live isolated lives. We live in community, encouraged by people and spending time with the living God. We're careful what we read, what we see, what we, what we watch, so that we don't lose the faith. It's an important thing. And so God with Moses, takes him, he runs, runs into the desert. Remember, God's put faith into him and he gets sucked out of him in two ticks. God takes him into the desert to train him up again, to train him. He uses Moses' mistakes and he turns them to the good. Moses was a natural leader. God had put it into him. He's compassionate. He runs into the desert. The first thing he comes across are the priests of Midian's daughters trying to uh, water their sheep. And the shepherds chase the woman off and Moses steps up and says, hey, step aside, men, this, these women are here first. He's careful, he loves them. He's compassionate towards them. And God takes these opportunities to teach Moses, to teach him his way and his time. Moses thought he could do it himself. The wrong time, the wrong place, the wrong call. God had it in hand. Moses thought he did. Moses had to learn in the desert how to live how to suffer in the desert as the Israelites would. God didn't abandon him. Just because we're suffering doesn't mean we're abandoned. We're still living the life. God had to learn patience. God had to teach patience to Moses and to teach him to persevere through suffering. But when changed, and I want you to listen, the thing that changed Moses was his burning bush experience in Exodus chapter 3. The Bible tells us that Moses took his sheep to the far side of the desert and he saw an amazing thing. He saw a bush burning but not burning. And he was amazed and he went up to him. And I believe we all need burning bush experiences. 
And I trust that today will be one of those days or one of the days where you ask God for a burning bush, an experience that will change your life. I've had a couple in my time. We, we were set up to go to the east to leave. We moved into a, a flat to try and get used to living in a flat. And we were off. We were, I went to look at in Singapore and we went to Hong Kong and we were, we were going and we felt that God had spoken. And then suddenly out of the blue comes this offer to take up take over a church, leading a church called Breakthrough. Just up the road, nowhere near the east. In fact, it was more west than east. And suddenly I had this crisis. Had we heard God, is God speaking to me? Am I an absolute Charlie? And uh, I went into the bush in, in Cowie's Hill. And I was reading Ezekiel. And it says, it says in Ezekiel chapter 3, it says, I'm not sending you to a people of obscure speech or difficult language. I want you to know Mandarin is not an easy language. It's tonal. <laughs> and I had a feeling that maybe God wasn't calling me there yet. But it was an incredible experience for me. It was the, 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 the Bible burned in my hands. And I knew that God had taken me from the east to the west for that season. Maybe not forever, but for that season, the bush burned. And friends, we need burning bushes experience to put faith back in us. It had been sucked out of me just in one easy step that, of an offer to take over a church. And now God had to put it back into me. I tell you, I had another one. With two children was plenty. And, and it is, it is really, it's enough. <laughs> and uh, sorry, Sam, Ryan, and Michael, but I said I wouldn't talk about my children in the car, only a little bit. And um, so we had three. I thought, okay, that's fine. And then four, I thought, no, that is more than enough, really. That is, it's enough now. It's enough. And I came home one, one evening and on my bed was a card addressed to me and I opened the card and there were two little feet on the card and my heart sank because I knew what that meant. I knew. I thought, oh dear God, I didn't want to put into my child that was unborn that he was rejected. So, Lord, I love him. He's amazing. I, but how on earth are we going to provide for him? How on earth? How on earth can I pay for his school fees? How on earth am I ever going to feed him? Never mind. I didn't even know it was a hymn. How on earth are we going to feed all of them? So I went to Botanic Gardens. I thought, Lord, I need you here. Yeah. Let me tell you, that crossed my mind. Put him in a basket. Yeah. The arbiters would have picked him to death. So, uh, anyway, two Egyptian geese climb out the dam. I'm sitting at the end of the dam. They've got 13 babies that followed behind them. I felt God say, if I can feed 13, can I not feed yours? <laughs> Friends, we need experiences in God that will change our lives. And let me tell you, our children in university, how on earth, Lord, are we going to pay I don't know at times, but I do know that God provides. I know it. I know it. That's faith. I have faith that He provides. I've seen it. We've got to be fearless in these things. Ask God, Lord, show me. Give me a burning bush, just an experience that will say, man, I'm with you. In verse 27, Moses says, By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Faith is fearless because it can see God. 
can see God. Even though Moses is reluctant, in the burning bush he's seen him. He's seen God. Moses had faith because he'd seen him. He could see that God was at work. And he looked forward to the Father saying, well done. That faith gave him the courage to carry out the tasks. Moses lost nothing leaving Egypt. Nothing. He gained everything. And as God puts the faith back into Moses, he begins to trust God. Moses could see in the spiritual, but he needed a burning bush experience to begin to see, okay, God, that's what you say. Now I can trust you because I can see you and put his trust in you. See, friends, faith is something we possess. God gives it to us. It's a faith. It's a, a substance or an evidence of things hoped for and not seen, it says in, in verse 1 of Hebrews 11. Faith in God is a confident belief that He is the sovereign creator and that He will do what He says. Trust is something that we, that he, we know that He'll do what He claims. Faith always comes first, but trust is never guaranteed. It's a willful choice or a first step. What's it? Obedience, one step. That's putting faith into action. Let me read you this, this account of a man uh, by the name of Charles Blondin and Harry Colcord. Uh, Blondin was the foremost tightrope walker of his time and he gained worldwide fame in 1859. The first person to cross the Niagara Falls on a tightrope. Sounds like a lunatic. Colcord was his friend and manager and he, they had a cable made of, of rope 1,300 feet long and two inches in diameter and was round, wound around an oak tree on the American side while the other end was ferried across the Niagara River and secured to a good old Canadian rock. To limit swaying, Colcord had stabilized guy ropes affixed at 20, meter, uh, 20 foot intervals to anchors on both banks except for 50 feet in the middle where it sagged and swayed. Thanks to Colcord's amazing marketing, tens of thousands of spectators came to have a look. And shortly before 5 p.m. on June the 30th in 1859, Blondin started his slow walk from the American side. Once past the center, he ran. And after a brief rest, he started back again. But this time, he took out a camera on his back, put a camera, set the camera up, took a photo of the crowd, put the camera on his back on his back, and he crossed to the other side again. The entire trip took 23 minutes. Once safely back on American soil, Blondin immediately announced a series of encore performances, each more daring than the last. The press ate it up. And over several weeks, Blondin walked backwards, blindfolded, backflipped, pushed a wheelbarrow, and even cooked an omelette during one of his many trips across the rope. He had faith he could accomplish the feats. We read the Bible, we have faith that God can accomplish the feats that he said, but he also trusted his ability to complete them. The spectators, on the other hand, only had faith. A difference seen in Blondin's walk in August of 1859. After he had crossed to the other side, to the Canadian side, the crowd was horrified to see Blondin reappear on the rope with his manager, Harry Colcord, clinging to his back. A few guy ropes snapped during their transit, but Blondin never wavered and safely made the crossing. It was later reported that Blondin told the manager, Look up, Harry, you are no longer Colcord, you are Blondin. Until I clear this place, be a part of me, mind, body, and soul. If I sway, you sway. Do not attempt to do any balancing yourself. Friends, that's the difference between faith and trust in our God.
The spectators had faith, but his manager believed in his ability and could trust him. See, only Colcord trusted him enough to climb on his back. Is your trust in God like that? See, I can read the Bible. I know it. I know he can do this. He said he can. I've seen it. But do we trust him with everything? Do you trust him to provide for you? Everything. It says in Matthew 6, do not worry. Do you worry? Or do we trust him that we, that we do not have to worry? In Philippians 4.9, it says, my God meets every need. Can we trust him for that? 1 Peter 5, it says, um, cast your anxiety upon him. See, we have faith that he can. Can we trust him to do those amazing things? Or do we put our faith in our own resources, our own efforts to get our own things done? We let things get out of control. No, no, we don't put them in control. God is the one who's in control. It says in, in Proverbs chapter 3, with, it says, without the trust in the Lord, you'll never know the joy and the confidence of in all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. You see, He can, we know that, but we've got to trust that He will direct our paths. He will give us an experience. Of, uh, he will speak. He will give us that burning bush experience when we need it. See, faith leads us to do as God tells us in the assurance that He'll keep our, His word. He'll keep His word. Trust me. I've seen Him. He's never let me down. He never lets us down. And so, friends, I trust this morning if you've never ever had a, an experience that God has spoken so clearly that it could only have been Him, I trust that we can have one this morning or soon. See, in conclusion, faith conquers our fears. Faith determines our options. Faith sharpens our vision. Faith recognizes our dependence on Him. And faith overcomes our difficulties. And trust believes He will. Amen. Amen. Amen.